Well, hey everyone. I hope you're hanging in there. Welcome to episode 156 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen. This week, I had a fantastic conversation with Sarah Lindsay. She is a Canadian landscape portrait and wedding photographer and Instagram star. We had a great chat this week and covered some really fun topics, including how landscape photography completely changed her life. We talked about how she's pivoting and adjusting to COVID-19. She also shared some tips on how she has leveraged the Instagram platform to gain her following. We talked about what motivates her to create photos. And we discuss her self-portraits, and I take a stab at discussing gender issues surrounding landscape photography. <laughs> Be nice. I, I tried to do that as di- diplomatically as possible. Well, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Before we get started, I did want to plug some great photographers that support the podcast who are trying new things to stay afloat during the COVID-19 situation. If you can help them out, you'd be helping out some great people in our community. First up, I wanted to let you know that my friend Gary Randall is now offering Skype lessons. At the very least, you'd be in for some really entertaining uh, conversation with an amazing guy, so check out the show notes for a link to those. Also, David Kingham and Jennifer Renwick, who operate Nature Photographers Network, have really been working hard behind the scenes to provide value over on NPN. It's the perfect place to stay connected with photography through a great community of like-minded photographers, and it's a great way to get feedback on your images while you're stuck at home. They also are doing a bunch of free webinars with professional photographers every other week. So if you're looking to take a break from social media and the news, you can come to a place that is completely focused on nature photography, and I think that's a nice place to get respite in this crazy time. They're also offering a 60-day free trial for listeners, so see the show notes for that link. Okay, let's get to the show. Well, Sarah Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. No problem at all. I'm uh, really excited that we were able to connect thanks to uh, one of our mutual friends up there in Canada. Uh, Shout out out to Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. (laughs) So yeah, maybe for people that, uh, you know, don't know anything about you, just tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, cool. Well, my name is Sarah Lindsay. I am a Jill of all trades photographer. I live in BC in Canada, really close to the Canadian Rockies. I photograph landscapes, weddings, family sessions, children, commercial, and just recently self-portrait photography. So I shoot pretty much everything. There's nothing that I won't really photograph. And I also lead photo tours where I teach landscape photography. And just recently, I started a YouTube channel. So I am a very, I guess you could say, busy girl. I do do photography full-time, but I still have another part-time job. And as the years keep going on, it's obviously less and less at that job. But I do still have another part-time job that just helps me more so in the winter months when photography is not as busy. Mm. Yeah, that is my that is my life. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, like how have you had to pivot during this particular crisis we find ourselves in with with the the COVID nineteen? Well, 
uh, mentally, I'm still just processing what is going on. And uh, job wise, so for actually both of my jobs, I've pretty much lost all work this year with with the weddings. Weddings are kind of still up in the air. Most of them, I would say, are probably going to switch to small elopements. So mm. they'll they because they still want to get married. There's so much that goes into planning the planning weddings. So luckily for me, they still want a photographer. It will be less money, but obviously, as we get closer to May and on, we'll see if I guess if there's more restrictions, if we can't even have weddings anymore or elopements. So if the big ones are definitely gone, all, all the big mm. gatherings. Maybe the ones closer to September might still be able to go through. Um, I have some. I have a photo tour in September. We're still kind of uncertain about that. But as far as it stands, all work has is terminated right now. Hopefully, yeah. at the end of summer it picks back up. But and that goes for my other little part time job as well. That's done. So that actually might be kind of the point where I'm actually finished with that. Hmm. completely i might actually not even be going back there wow so yeah yeah it sounds like it sounds like you're in canada you guys have a slightly different outlook on the trajectory of this particular situation because i know a lot of people here in the united states are kind of like oh i'll be good to go you know in, in like a month i'll be fine everything's cool but it sounds like you're planning for s- for the end of summer, I'm curious oh, kind yeah. of what is driving that particular. Well, I just want to be prepared for the worst because I mean, it's for all of us, especially I, especially the photographers that are, I would say leading photo tours. Cause I know how I feel about photo tours. I love them. It's devastating when they're just gone. I mean, they're, I shouldn't say they're gone. They would all be rescheduled for the following year, but it just sucks. So I'm just preparing for the worst. Uh, financially and mentally I'm preparing for the absolute worst. Yeah. So what does that look like for you? I mean, are you trying to, um, diversify how you stay afloat as a business person? Well, so what I'm doing, so since I have like this, this isolation time, um, I'm actually devoting that now to YouTube. I feel, cause I remember before I was trying to fit YouTube in with everything else that I do and it's hard, like video and audio, yeah. all that it's so hard to learn. And I just was kind of saying, I don't have time. I don't have time. I feel like this portion of time that I have is just perfect for YouTube. So luckily in Canada, um, Mr. Justin Trudeau is, I would say, taking care of us in that we are, we will all be paid. So what's what, what, what will be set up if you've lost even just a portion of your job or if you've lost your full job for four months, we get two grand a month. I'm sure, obviously, in the next year, this benefit is going to come out of our taxes and all that stuff. But for now, our government wants us to all be taken care of so that we don't have to stress about this. So I'm still making an income and I will still be able to put this time into growing YouTube, which is working towards work because I hope that YouTube becomes a source of money for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that will help me over the next four months up until October but uh, like weddings, if they still go through, then I will still be shooting all all of my weddings. I I don't foresee anybody in the near future booking like family sessions or anything small like that. I'm not anticipating any of that. Um, photo tours after September, the next round of tours for me would be in January. So that would I can probably still be uh, putting that together and trying to promote it. But obviously, lots of people are losing their jobs. There's just the 
I just say I am expecting that not a lot of people have disposable income. Right. So for, I would think. Yeah, it's it's funny. I was actually, um, it's funny. Last night I was actually chatting with uh, Ian Plant. He does the, uh, the uh, Shutter Monkeys uh, videos and, and we were just kind of chatting afterwards about how lots of photographers are, I don't know. I think it's going to be crazy. Some people are going to completely just not figure out a way out of this. And some people are going to innovate and shift and figure out, and it might actually benefit them to go yeah. through something like this. So I think yeah. it's, a lot of this is in kind of your attitude and your approach. I completely agree. I'm not stopping. I'm not giving up. But I have, <laughs> I feel like I have, um, because I'm one of those people that was like, I'm going to take all of this on. I have so I have so so much like training and weddings and families that if I if say tours was really hard to get uh, back up and running, then I have I I have stuff to fall back on where I don't have to spend years and years and years building a wedding portfolio because weddings are hard. It's it's not easy just to jump into them. I already have I've been doing weddings for years, and no matter what, people are still going to get married. They might not be at the scale that they were before, like spending, say, $7,000 on wedding photography. It, it, we maybe we'll see more elopements, but there still is always going to be that need for the photos. Right. So, no, so, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just feel grateful that I have all this, this, this extra photography skills. It, I think it's going to come in handy as I go through this because I'm not, I'm definitely not quitting. I'm not quitting photography. <laughs> it's not ever happening. I'm going to push through. And again, I feel grateful just in Canada that we're, we are looked after for, for a time. So that, that definitely helps take off the stress of like right. paying bills and stuff. And then of course, YouTube is definitely something that I want to push full steam ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I think like we were saying, a lot of it is your attitude and just thinking differently about the problem, you know, as, as entrepreneurs and business people, like we exist to solve problems. And yeah. what's interesting, I had a phone call a couple of days ago with my, my print lab mm-hmm. and he was telling me that museums and a lot of big commercial facilities, their orders are blowing up because yeah. now they have these empty buildings and they can finally do an art installation where before it was like a huge pain in the ass. So they're seeing like these big buildings are seeing it as an opportunity. Oh, I have an empty building. Now I can, tackle this this art project that i've always wanted to put off so so i think i think there's opportunities out there if we if we as creators and artists think a little bit differently about how how the marketplace is responding to this particular situation exactly i do think that video like if people are trying to figure out what could i do next i do think that people should consider stuff with video because yeah. just even like talking with brands and stuff and when they're like, giving you advice on how to you know grow your business, they all say they're like video is key, get into video. So maybe this is an opportunity for people to stop being shy and start coming out and <laughs> talking on Instagram or talking on YouTube and just being themselves. That could be another option for people if they have the time yeah. how to invest in learning video because it is so much work. But it is, it is. It's, it's yeah. funny. I re- I had to record video last night with Ian, and it yeah. was like <laughs> I, I had to like totally just jerry rig this video setup in my my bedroom to get it to work. But it, it was actually turned out pretty okay. So. Yeah. 
it can video video really makes your brain just work like an audio and video editing oh my goodness yeah it's (laughs) totally different than photography oh totally it's like photography on crack (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is yeah but to your point i think this is an awesome opportunity to dive into other disciplines of creating that maybe you've been apprehensive about or have kind of scared you or, you know, whatever. I think screw it. Just try it. You know, like what do you have to lose at this point? I totally agree. And we also have to remember like in a few years that it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. We'll look back on this and we'll be like, wow, we all, I know that really sucks. (laughs) We all went through this, but like it will be fine. You just have to, to see the future there's always, I mean, you know, like stormy sunsets and, and, and like rainy days, there's always a really epic sunset after, right? Always. Which you may or may not be prepared to photograph. So that's, that's I think what this is about is like, Hey, we're in a rainstorm right now. How can you get yourself ready for that rainbow that's coming? Exactly. That's true. Well, for me, I guess it's it's YouTube. I'm definitely taking this time to be full steam into YouTube. What are you, uh, what are you doing over on YouTube? YouTube, well, I know that I should like photograph many different genres, but for YouTube, I really am going to narrow down into a niche. And since landscape photography is my favorite, it's like my baby, uh, it's all focused on landscape photography and the self-portraits because people really like the self-portraits. And they blend blend together. They will, yeah, they're pretty much the same. So it'll be focused on that, and it'll be focused on like teaching. So vlogging and teaching and sharing what I've learned over the years. Hmm. I love that. Yes. Well, I think maybe that's a good transition. I uh, one of the things that I was really excited to talk to you about, which hopefully can be kind of an uplifting story for other people is um, you kind of have this story around how landscape photography kind of changed your life for the better. And I really was hoping you could tell us a little bit about what that looked like. Okay. Well, in my, I'd say my early 20s, let's say 21 around there, I was actually going through some pretty hard times. It was with a breakup. We've all gone through this. But but for me it was pretty it was pretty traumatic. It was with my high school sweetheart, and uh, anyways that was just ending. And I I felt during that relationship that I just kind of I say lost myself. I gained a lot of weight, so I was really really overweight and just not healthy. And I wasn't doing anything. I was just just this just this boring sad person. We'll say <laughs> this boring sad overweight person. And I, I was, I was in a really dark place with this, with this relationship. There was a, just a lot of drug and alcohol abuse, not by me, but it, it, anyways, it, it really affected me. And so when I was coming out of that, that's when I found photography. I actually found Photoshop first. This, so yeah, it starts with Photoshop. I had, interesting. Met, I know I met a friend and I was, I was hanging out at his house and he was showing me on his computer that he likes to design like um, music album covers and he was doing it in Photoshop. And I just, I had never seen Photoshop before and I thought it was the most fascinating thing that he was just creating this stuff. So I went home and then I think it was the next day or something. I started playing around with my parents like point and shoot camera so I could have images to edit. So it was just so I could work on something in Photoshop. And it was, I don't know, I was just taking pictures of jewelry, I think. But so it started there. And then once I started editing and taking photos, it just, I never stopped. 
And then it was it was actually Star Trails that interested me first of anything. It was Star oh. Trails. So Star Trails, Star Trails kind of led into the landscape photography. Interesting. Well, it, I guess Star Trails is landscape photography, but yes. Yeah, so once I found the photography, my ever since that day, my life has completely changed. I lost, I think, close to eighty pounds. My lifestyle is completely different. I hike. I am constantly outdoors. I am much happier. I've met um, people who are in a good space in life. Everything, every, everything photography wise, just opened doors and more doors and more doors of my life. And it, it really did change me. It just, it transformed me into this whole other person that I wanted to be. I wanted to be this person. And that's how I got here. It's, 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 it's my life. Honestly, photography is my life. Hmm. I just, I can't, yeah, I can't stop. I, I don't, I will never stop. <laughs> that's amazing uh i feel like a lot of people can probably identify with that story i've i've definitely talked to several other people who have kind of used photography as a way to kind of emerge out of a dark place in their yeah, life and and i used to be so shy and very very introverted nothing wrong with introverts but i used to be I just a lot more quiet and now i'm on youtube so just <laughs> right, it just it's totally transformed me and i love how you just keep going along in this journey I, and like especially with the travel when there's travel involved it's amazing but you just keep meeting different people and seeing the world it's it's amazing and you get paid at the same time and you're working your passion it just doesn't get any better yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really f- fantastic that that was able to kind of launch you in that trajectory. Yeah. I'm curious, like now that you're, you know, mostly doing it full time, like what would you attribute your success to? Like, what was other than your passion and your excitement for photography? Like, how? Like, what were the variables that that were kind of key to making that a success for you? Oh, like to where I am now? Hmm. Yeah. I want to say, okay, I really want to say consistency, I think is key. Like just keep on doing it. Keep, keep t- and social media. Of course, social media plays a big part in this. When you, when you really kind of get that hook in with social media for, I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say Instagram and I am going to say Instagram too, but um, it, I'm not saying that it may be successful, but it opened the doors. It was like the doorway to all these opportunities. So social, uh, being present on social media and active on social media really kind of launched me. Mm. Yeah. So how, like what specific things have you done using social media to gain your following? Like what are the things that you've used on social media? Well, like just, just to kind of grow and, and get, uh, I would say, well, I joined Instagram. I'm, I'm just going to talk about Instagram because I know that, that, yeah. That's one that people use, like fa- and this all does apply to like Facebook as well. But um, Instagram. So at the beginning, I did join. It was about five years ago. I, I believe I've been on Instagram for five years. So I did find in the first two years, just just posting and sharing was enough to 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 gradually grow a, a decent sized following. And then, of course, we all know when Facebook bought Instagram, everything changed. So how I found that I just worked through that is consistency, just continuously posting and and also trying to make make keeping your uh feed looking very uniform i think that's really really important like don't now i've 
actually, I started to stray away from that now. But at the beginning, it was all landscape that I was posting. It was been like the last two years that I've started introducing the other genres into my main account. And so and that's been fine. So far, that hasn't like scared anybody away. Because now I just feel I've, I've uh, grown in, I want to say my my dedicated followers, like there's a portion of followers on there that I would say would have my back and support me and encourage me. So sharing the other genres now at this level has been okay. But if you're just starting out and you really want to grow, make sure you keep things uniform. Mm. And then if you're doing landscape, actually, here is some tricks. Like these, these are just, I would say, little tricks and little tips is people really like warm, warm photos, reflections, reflections do always do really well. (laughs) (laughs) Reflections are, they just, I don't know what it is, why we love reflection images so much, but they are just, yeah, they, they kill it on there. And definitely the warmth, warm photos I find people really gravitate to. And flowers, flowers is a big one. People love flower images, like a landscape with a nice flower scene. And if you're okay with it, I, I definitely suggest shoot now when you're out photographing, shooting horizontal and vertical and, and keeping in mind that verticals do do better on an Instagram feed. They're, just, right. yeah, they're more eye catching. So now I'm shooting both. I shoot both ways. That makes sense. I, I think compositionally, like when you're in the field, sometimes, you know, shooting vertical doesn't always make sense and vice versa. But um, I would say it does. I definitely have seen that vertical images tend to do better. Yeah, because they take up the most. <clears throat> Peter McKinnon that had said this, they take up the most real estate on the phone. Right. So boom, with someone scrolling, it's just right there. And then I also find if when you're shooting, it's, I guess this is just obviously shoot to what style you like to shoot to, but I do find that really powerful foregrounds that just grab someone right away on their phone also could kind of keep keep drawing people into your feed. Right. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, as you kind of gained your presence on Instagram, for example, did you... Did, were there specific events or places in time where you saw a huge increase in your following and kind of yeah. what was behind Definitely that? Always the fall time. And I've been wondering the exact same thing. Huh. It's, it's, I think, was it this last fall? Yeah, it was the, the, the fall that we just had. I think I gained like 20,000 followers and that was in, oh, a, wow. I know. And that was just in a month. And you, I, just sharing all the same sort of images as, as usual that I that I take and I had a I had major growth and that was the same with the last year so I'm isn't it's interesting like what what is around that time are people on more or is it just the autumn images right like the warmth the warmth from the autumn images could be just pulling people in that's I interesting I, yeah I think I see the least amount of growth in the summer huh. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense because people yeah. are outside more and so the fall time for sure. Huh. And were there specific things that you were doing with those images? Like, like, how do you, like, are you using hashtags? Like, what are the, th- yeah, are you yeah, tagging? I use, I use hashtags, but, um, I, I, I don't know when things started changing with Instagram, but I find that hashtags now are useless. Like hmm. me, I still, I don't, I don't think I even still to this day really understand hashtags, but <laughs> I know I just, I do hashtag, but I'm like, what does this really even do for me? So before what I noticed, let's say two years ago, um, when you would have, when I would hashtag, 
I noticed I was featured a lot more in the big, in like groups, not big groups, but just like very, hubs. You know, those, yeah, those, those hubs. I so constantly always featured in those hubs. And then it seemed like Instagram did another sneaky change and it's, it's almost non-existent. I'm hardly ever, ever featured anymore. So I believe I am still growing. Like I have not um, lost any, well, I lose following, but I'm, I'm consistently growing. So it's, it's only upwards. And I noticed that, oh gosh, where was I going with this? <gasps> oh no. <laughs> oh no, it's really good. What did I do? Oh, oh crap. I can't Hashtags. Remember. Hashtags. Um, oh, oh yeah. What I feel that where I'm getting my following from is I must be showing up on the explore page. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not being featured in groups or hubs and this got to be coming from somewhere because I am still growing. Right. That's think, interesting. You no, know, I think around, I think right now, the last time I checked uh, per week, I think I'm get, I'm gaining about, cause you do lose followers, obviously. Uh, For sure. I think I'm, I'm gaining about 1200 a week and then it, it, it dips and it goes up and it goes down and, but it's, it's usually always growing. Hmm, that's fascinating. Well, I mean, I, I know, I know several photographers and artists that, that create some absolutely amazing work and they are consistently posting on Instagram, but you don't really see them, uh, growing in terms of their followership. I'm curious if you have any tips for people that are wanting to use social media, but have not seen it pay off. Okay. My next tip would be, some people might not like this. Actually, this is where I saw a lot of growth. How can I forget this? As soon as I started showing my face on, um, like in stories and, and I guess started showing more of myself and just being my, just being myself and talking with people. I know I noticed a lot of growth. Mm. So stories, stories, stories are really powerful. You, if you put yourself on there and you're talking and you have lots of text on there, people love that. They, they love authenticity and they want you to be yourself and, it, it can it can be like challenging to know what to put on there because I, I don't know, I put my dog on there and like what I'm cooking and little random things about my life. But stories is really engaging because people can see you. If you put yep. yourself on there, if you put your face on there, then they can see you. They now can relate a face to you and just be real. Just be yourself. People really, really respond to that. They love authenticity. They don't like the photographers that I at some um a fan actually did say this once like some photographers have a stick up their butt. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's a fair statement. I mean, a lot of landscape photographers including a lot of my friends, they're very introverted. They don't want to show their oh, face. No. They don't want people to be in their lives, but they do want people to see their work. So I think it's it's like this really tough challenge that a lot of landscape photographers have. Um and I think you're right. I think stories is a really great way to get people because, you know, stories go away. So, like, you know, people see them and they're gone and it's not like it's out there forever. So um, just go for it, I, I think. And, yeah, yeah you're going to look stupid once in a while, but who cares, oh, right? Especially when you start out, it's really awkward and cringy and you're just, oh, you. I remember, like, the first time I showed myself. I immediately went to my brother and my sister-in-law. I'm like, go look at my stories and tell me what I look like. Should I delete it? I delete it? Should I delete it? <laughs> yeah. So you have to get it. You really have to get over yourself in a way. It, it's tricky, but just post it and just like walk away from your phone and don't be tempted to delete it. 
Yeah. Cause, you know, yeah. Cause every time you talk and every time you show yourself, you, it's like anything, it's a skill. You have to grow. You have to grow your presence in front of people. It's, it's I agree. Like, yeah. Just like learning photography. You, you have to grow it. It's not just going to happen. Oh, happen overnight. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of photographers are like, Hey, I have really fantastic imagery and it's why, why does that person have a hundred thousand Instagram followers and I have 500 and it's like, well, Instagram's not just about pretty pictures. It's about, you know, engaging people and yeah, them getting to know yeah. you and authenticity, all those things you've said. So absolutely. I reply to I reply to every single comment and every single message. And I do too. And I also and I and I also have like I would say I would say like a little groupie of people that I would say they they're, they're very dedicated to following me and those people obviously I appreciate them so much so I I usually have like a whole conversation with them some days those people are real those people are really important instead of maybe thinking instead of thinking of like how big can you get a following think of like the quality of your followers Mm -hmm. those people are going to be the ones in the end that invest money into you like if you you start selling something or i don't know selling post-processing tutorials these people that just love you they will buy it they're going to be the ones that spend money on you yeah absolutely and i think the other thing that people maybe may not be aware of but direct messages whether it's driven through stories or people just saying hey i liked your photo yeah. That that is a signal in the algorithm that Instagram has yeah. that tells them, oh, I should show this person their photos all the time. Yeah. And like the magic is in the DMs because totally. like that's a huge signal to the algorithm to keep showing your work to those people. And the way that you get people to send you DMs is by engaging them through stories. Yeah, definitely. And then I noticed like I'll, I'll, on my stories, I've posted a lot of stuff that's not photography related. And it's amazing what people like are, are drawn to. So I've, I've posted things with my uh, nephews and people love that. I got like, <laughs> had more messages about my nephew. Well, yeah. Dad. Makes you, you're a real person. Yeah. And then I post a lot of, with my dog as well, with Ollie. And I think Ollie now has just, is now known as just a part of my company. Like people, <laughs> so that's another thing. He has his own fans. I'm pretty sure he has, there's more people that follow me for him than they're following me. And I share like, <laughs> yeah, I just, everything. I just try to be really, really engaging on there and very approachable. Like anybody can talk to me. Okay. Well, I mean, not anybody. We don't need the, we don't need the creepy people, but (laughs) those people, you can just block them. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's pretty much like, cause I remember back when I started and if someone like, uh, like a more seasoned photographer would even give me the time of day, it would just make my day. So that's important for, um, I think, more professional photographers, more seasoned photographers to remember, like these beginners, they really look up to us. And they, it just, it just makes their whole world if you respond to their comments or respond to their messages or like their photos or make a, put a really nice comment on their photos. It all helps your engagement. And then these people will follow you through your whole journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, and and not in like a weird, creepy gaming kind of way. I mean, we're talking no. about authentic engagement with other people and human beings. Yes, definitely. Like the people <laughs> that 
there, there's there's some people that I feel comfortable. I I would meet them in person, and they would be my friends. Right. And these are these are just people who have supported my work and encouraged me, and often are like, "Oh, can you give me tips and you inspire me?" Those people are key to the success of your business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the questions I love to ask other photographers and. When you and I had earlier chatted about you coming onto the podcast, it seemed clear that this was a topic that you'd love to chat about. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it, and it kind of just really is simply boiled down to like, why do you take photos? What, what is it that motivates you to be so passionate about this craft? Mm-hmm. I just love creating, creating images. I just love creating something. That's like, that's always the first thing that pops into my head. It's just like the, the, the act of making something and it just happens to be photography for me. I just feel so satisfied. And like after I've created a photo or, or let's say I've gone on a trip and oh, I had the best trip and have all these images from it that I created there and I come back and share them. It's just such a good feeling. There's no, I don't really have like a, I, well, I, I definitely have a deep connection for creating images because I feel it's my life, but I don't have like this deep insightful meaning behind why I take photos. I just honestly just love creating. Right. But it's, it has nothing to do with, you know, getting likes and followers. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, I, at the beginning, I think, well, I think every human being that's on social media is always aware of their following and, and likes. And of course we always feel good when we get lots of likes and followers, but you, you get to this point where you do realize so that, at on Instagram, I I'm now at a hundred thousand followers, and I'm just going to pretend in my mind that the fifty thousand of of those followers are possibly just like uh, you know like random follow for follow accounts or just nothing, just just stuff that doesn't matter. So again, the quality of who's following you and it, that smaller portion of people who are really there for you they're going to be the ones that make your business thrive. And you don't need to have, you don't need to have a hundred thousand people investing in your business to have a a successful business or successful photography career. You do need some, a little bit of a following of people investing in you, but it's not as big as people think. So if you shoot for, because you're passionate about it and it's what you love to do, people will see that and they, they feel it and they, they want to be passionate about photography. They want to, uh, grow just like you're growing. So as long as you're passionate and you keep showing that, I just I just don't see how you can fail. It might it might take a while to get up there, but just follow your passion and put in that obnoxious amount of hard work, and you will succeed. Yeah, are you? I mean, are you posting like daily, to multiple times a day, or are you strategic about it? Like, what is like? How do you think about that? I post in the morning time. It kind of like changes from morning to night. I do find that I that I do better early in the morning, like just with with my engagement and mm-hmm. and and stuff. Night night time isn't too bad, but anyways, I stick to the morning time. So I post in the morning. It, it varies. I, I'll go like a week where I'll post every day, and then I'll take a break, maybe like a few day, a couple days break. And if I'm on a trip or if I'm doing a photography trip, like traveling, just recently I was in California for a week. I didn't even go on Instagram. Well, I did. Right. I shouldn't say I did because I'm messaging people and like still connecting with people but I didn't post I didn't really browse any any other photos or anything like that it when I'm when I'm actually on trips and shooting I'm there to enjoy the trip 
because yeah. he can do all the posting after. So there is there is times I'll take a break, but if you can, and not a lot of people can do this, and this is where I'm going to say it is such a hustle, is if you can post once a day, that's pretty impressive, and that definitely will help you. But at least try to keep it four days a week. And another another thing that is helpful is who really has that many images to be posting constantly every day. Um, repost images. Don't be afraid to repost. I have images from like four, say four years ago that I posted on Instagram that I'll I'll repost again. And I don't think I've ever had any person notice and been like, you're reposting an image. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny because like I always notice when people do that, but yeah, maybe I'm, yeah, I'm weird though. It could be, um, what it could just be at like how, how often say I am posting. Cause sometimes I can go like two weeks and I'll post every day. So I do have right. a lot of posts and they, and it just, I, I find, I find that not, no one has ever noticed. And ooh, another, another little tip I just thought about, uh, try to keep it to seasons. Mm. It doesn't make sense. So it's springtime. So springtime is coming and it's all about flowers and what's growing and whatever happy bright yellow things try to post to the season try not to stray like say if it's if it's the middle of summer i guess obviously this depends where we are but let's pretend we're in the united states and canada it's the middle of the summertime do not be po- don't don't be posting winter images hmm. don't be posting because people people are in the mood for summer they're in the mood for hiking they're in the mood for this and that post related to say the season that we're in that's one thing i'm actually pretty uh, pretty firm on actually is hmm. I will I'll stick to the season I'll throw in like the odd post being like oh I'm it's it'll be winter time and I'm sad because it's cold or something and I'll say I'm so excited for hiking and it'll be a hiking shot but you can really throw off your feed if you're posting frozen 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 winterscapes and then bam post throw in some flowers <laughs> yeah it's funny though it, um, I think it depends on who your followers are right because yeah, yeah. uh most of the people that I follow are other photographers, of course. And, and I always get like, I don't know if sarcastic is the right word, but you know, every time like mid September rolls around, people are starting to post those at those Aspen photos from the previous year. And it's like, here, here we go. Brace yourself for the, uh, for all those autumn photos that we've already seen a hundred thousand of it. It's, I know that sounds really pessimistic and sarcastic, but it's, it's kind of how I feel like sometimes I, I actually really like to see um, people that are kind of posting stuff that's um, a little against the grain, but maybe, I, maybe I'm just weird. <laughs> no, you can still post against the grain. Just it all kind of like ties into, I'd, I'd say, keeping your feed uniform. Yeah. You know, like they say when you first look at someone's account and it's, I don't know if this is changed. I don't change my, like my account, how you view it at all, but it's like the first nine squares. Right. So that's right. That's that's the first impression. And then I don't, obviously if you post like an autumn image in the wintertime, it's not going to just stop people from following you. But I just feel maybe people are in the mood for what the, the season that we're in. And then if they, if there are people who are following you and are wanting to be inspired. So if it's winter here in Canada and there's Canadian photographers following me and they see the, the, the cool icy shorelines that I photograph a lot, then they're inspired to go out and do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's accessible it's the season that we're in and that's what we have to so it just it, it also gives people ideas of what to right create. no so that, makes, that definitely yeah. makes sense i actually just i actually just thought of that on the spot and it does it totally makes sense 
<laughs> it's true. Now that more than I think about it, that's that's so true because I do get a lot. Say in the winter time when it is frozen, like the the uh, the lakes around me are frozen. Lots of people think the shoreline is really cool, and they try to go out and like find their own frozen lake. That makes sense. Yes. Well. One of the things I noticed about your work, uh, especially uh, more recently, is that you've been spending a lot of time doing uh, self-portraits in the landscape. And and I know like some people might think, um, you know, that's kind of cliche or or whatever. But, you know, I think, you know, you do a really good job of it. And I'm really curious, though, have you spent any time thinking about um, what role that particular style of landscape uh, and photography, how does that, what does that play in your kind of ability to gain a following? Like, have you seen, seen that style kind of propel your popularity at all? Yes. I've only been doing the self-portrait since August. So actually this ties into another subject that I think is important for photographers to understand. You know how they say, um, try and find your own voice. Mm-hmm. And then when someone says that to you, you're like, what, do, like, what does that mean? Everything's been photographed a thousand times. How do I find my own voice? I feel that the self-portraits was, I just stumbled on this. And I, I truly feel that is now kind of like my voice in landscape photography. So I, I started this in August and it was, it kind of goes hand in hand with wedding photography. I love photographing like uh, women in dresses and flowing gowns and in mountains. Mm. So wedding photography has a big part in that. So instead of getting, um, I wanted to keep doing that in the landscape scenes that I photograph as as I travel the world. And it was just easier for me to use myself versus getting like a friend or a model to come out every time I want (laughs) to get a photo of a female in a dress. So I, I just, it's easier to use myself and I have really long hair, which I try to use to my advantage. And it has taken off like just just crazy. I find that ever since I've started doing this, my engagement has gone way up. Like more people are now uh, commenting and engaging with me and messaging me. And then there's lots of women who are just starting out in photography and they're sending me messages that they're going out in their dresses to mm-hmm. take portraits. The dress with the landscape scene is apparently very... Lots of people love it. One one thing that I'm trying to do, though, as I keep doing my self-portraits, is I'm trying now to like match the dress to the scene, like the color. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to kind of get into that, like yellow works with this sort of certain landscape scene and blue in the winter time. I'm trying to now keep it very like color uniformed. That makes just, sense, for sure. Yeah, just, just so it, I, I just think it, it's a, like another twist and just, I don't know, I... Soon the lilacs will be blooming and I already have a purple dress ready to go out and, and use with that. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate <clears throat> for a second and hopefully I don't get lots of hate mail for this. No, um, you'll be good. You'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because um, as a male in yeah. landscape, which, you know, landscape photography for whatever reason is dominated by men. Yeah. I think um yeah. on yeah, one different. hand uh, on one hand I think you know I think it's really fantastic that as a woman in landscape photography you have found a way to engage uh people that are following you in a way that only I feel like only a woman ro- probably could do effectively right you're putting um 
a beautiful woman in a beautiful dress in a beautiful scene and you're photographing it in a really fantastic way. And that is a super exciting way to get people to notice your image, right? Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, I'm like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> you could wear, okay, the, the, I know. It's sort of like, what is the male equivalent to this? Honestly, it could be jackets. Okay, <laughs> 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 you know what I keep visioning? I keep seeing this in my head for a male. And I was just talking to my friend about this because he asked the same question, like, what what could the male do? I don't know why, but I just keep seeing some sort of like Viking looking male with his, okay, maybe I'm going to receive a lot of hate for this, but like with his shirt off in the water, he has like nice, nice, I'd say like 10 uh, old style shorts on or something. And just very like strong, very strong and powerful with a big beard, maybe even long hair. I just keep seeing like this Viking vision of a male selfie out in a lake. And I go, Man, I- it sounds like your friend is Josh Cripps. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dude has a beard. He's he's pretty ripped right now. I know he just got a new tattoo sleeve. Um, I was telling him to go do this. I'm like, he asked me that same question. I'm like, okay, hey, this is what you need to do. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't happen. Maybe in the future this will happen. I don't know why I keep like, and I tried to like, like, I like searched and like tried to find like males in, for me, it's lakes. It, it, it all has to do with a lake, right? That's what I'm used to photographing. So I keep visioning a lake mm. and I just, I don't know why I just, I just keep seeing this and, and this, maybe this sounds bad that I say shirtless, but it just, it looks more organic, right? Than- I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying like, photos can have sex appeal. I mean, come on. I just see it as like power, like men, like, I mean, Men are, are more, um, oh, this could just turn into such like, we're going to get picked on. I would say men are more powerful than women. Generally, men are stronger strength than women and like just a more masculine physique. And I think it shows strength, like just show it off. Right. Well, I think it's a more, you know, literal way of using symbolism in your yeah. artwork, right? I mean, yeah. if you if you insert a, a beautiful woman in a dress into a certain scene it kind of tells a certain type of story and has different symbolism versus if you have a shirtless dude who has tattoos and looks like a Viking in a scene, it conveys a completely different story. Right. So um, I think part of what's interesting about your style of photography is that um, it immediately tells a story, right? Whatever that story is to the person viewing, it's a story that they can you know, they can see that story versus if you're taking pictures of abstract nature scenes, the story isn't as easy to see to the common person, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I don't photograph abstract scenes, but I love looking at people's abstract scenes. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You're just like, what is like, what were they photographing? What is, it's a mystery. Right. (laughs) and, And I wish, I know those are, and they're usually always horizontal ones too. Yeah, no, it's interesting, right, though? I mean, when you insert a person into a landscape scene, it 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 immediately has the ability to tell a story. Yeah, um, totally. That, because, you know, people, I mean, it, in all kinds of ways, people can see themselves in that scene. Um, they can They can kind of create some kind of narrative based on what the image is showing them. Um, when you're just showing a really freaking pretty scene of some aspen trees and a mountain, yeah. it's harder to tell that story. Exactly. Yes. I, I, 
I've actually, Josh did ask me, he keep, what he kept asking me is like, what is the story behind your self-portraits? And I don't even have the answer to that. To me, it's so hard because I'm like, I don't know. It's just me. You know, it's hard to say like what this means to me. There could be, because landscape photography is very near and dear to my heart. So it could be like a connection of me with the landscape. But I also see if, if I was an if I was an outsider looking at those images, um, with just with like the dark hair and like the dress and curvy body, I see a lot of like mystery. Mm. Especially if I'm facing away, it, like that changes everything. If you're facing away, it's like you 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 don't know as much about this image versus if you can see my facial expression. Mm. You know, I was curious, and I again, I I don't mean this in a uh, misogynistic way at all. But I'm curious, have people or even yourself um, said to you about these types of images that that you're kind of exploiting the female form to to get more eyeballs on your images? No, no, no? one yet said that. <laughs> Not until this conversation. <laughs> well, so I'm the guy. I'm the I'm that guy. That, that's yeah. awesome. No, it's okay because I am like I get it because I understand like the. I feel like lots of people have, I don't consider myself an influencer. I consider myself a photographer, but I know there's this kind of this thing going around with, let's just, we're all, I don't want to like pick on people, but it's generally tight, tight leggings and have a brand in your hand, like a granola bar or something on it. Right. I, and I know that there's women out there that are being paid to just go and do those things and exploit their nice little butts. But no, I, I never felt like I've been using like my, because it's interesting because I used to be really overweight. So I'm really self-conscious still. <laughs> so, so, so not like, I don't feel that I'm using my female form to, to get people's attention. Yeah. But I can definitely see how people will have that. There will be some people that have that opinion. Of course there will be. Right. And then and, and, you know, like the flip side of that is like, I can already hear, hear people rightfully screaming, at the podcast right now saying <laughs> no one would ever ask a man a question like that, <laughs> which is true. I'm very like, when it comes to like the men and the women thing, and I, I, I feel for us females a bit in the landscape photography, but at the same time we do stuff that I'm very neutral. There's only been, there's only been like a couple of times that being a female in this industry has really hurt my feelings, but hmm. I'm I'm good. I I I'm open to anything. How anybody sees something, and then I remember a lot of men because with saying this, my my audience is I think it's around sixty percent men. Mm-hmm. So it is it is more men, um, and men have they I have been talked to about like oh, you're a female in this in the in landscape industry, uh, use what you can to mm. get ahead. So they're like if people. They're like, if people, you know, they're following you on YouTube because they think you're cute, who cares? Keep going. If it brings them there. So I have had that. I've had that talk quite a few times by by men that I would say are encur- encouraging me and just like pushing me through this journey. So that that kind of makes me feel like a little bit bummed out because I want mm. them to follow me for my work, not right. just because they like to look at it. But you know what? If it pulls you there, if it gets you there, and then I can keep you there with my knowledge, then great, win win for me. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I that's, that's another thing. I you know, men typically don't really have to 
think in those terms and, you know, and I, I, I feel like, you know, say what you want, but I think men and women in this industry do have to take slightly different paths and, think about things in slightly different ways in terms of how the, the, the world views them. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you got to do what you feel is, you know, what you're most comfortable with and also what you feel like you can justify doing in terms of your brand as a, as a, as a photographer. Yeah. I, I think they were just like kind of, I had like a pep talk about this because it was when I was going to go on YouTube and then someone, it was a man who I do really, really trust. And I know that he didn't mean anything by this, but he said, people will follow you because you're cute. And immediately I was like, (laughs) no. And then he's like, well, and he's like, there's nothing wrong with your photography or anything. And he made a point. It's like, well, if it gets them there, (laughs) then they're there, then do the rest and keep them engaged. So yeah, I think that us as women do do kind of face face that a little bit. But th- there's a bonus to being a female in the landscape photography community. There's not that many of us. So we, this is like our chance to shine. Uh, right? There's so many ma- men that are doing this and there you know there's a lot more competition. But with women there's not as much as us. So you you do. You have your chance to stand out in this industry. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it anyways. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely Definitely true. I mean, sometimes I wonder if people hold that against you in some way. Like, oh, she's just she just has a following because she's a woman. Which, oh, I I hope not. <laughs> so far, I'm pretty. I'm I'm pretty honestly a pretty happy, optimistic person, and I do on only on on Instagram. I have this large following. I don't have this large following on Facebook or YouTube. Uh-huh, YouTube, uh-huh. YouTube I just started. I only have like 350 followers. <laughs> It's gotten- yeah, I know. It's interesting. I, I heard, you know, I've been doing photography for a little over a decade now, and I've heard people say things over the years like, oh, that particular person wouldn't be as popular if they weren't a woman. And I, I've heard people say that, which, um, you know, it is what it is, but uh, men don't have to deal with that stuff ever. No. Well, yeah. if, well, well, let's put, maybe this puts it in perspective. So I started the self portraits. I never have showed my face or like myself in a self portrait until August. So mm-hmm. this hasn't even been a full year. And I'd say before, I don't even know. I can't quite remember the, I was probably sitting around like 85,000 followers in the summertime, maybe 80,000. So I can't say that the self-portraits have made my business, but I just noticed a huge shift in engagement mm. when I started doing self-portraits. Like mm-hmm. it, it was, there was so much encouragement and being like, it's so, it's so cool. Keep doing them. They're great. I love doing the self-portraits. I really do. It's mostly yeah. for the dress. Honestly, it's for the dress. I like the dresses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, oh. I actually really, this is weird to sound weird, but I actually really like doing self-portraits in the landscape too. I just, for whatever reason, in the last couple of years, I keep forgetting to do it. (laughs) Well, it's a lot of extra work. I know now it's like, Oh, it's funny that you say this because now that I'm, I've added self-port, like when I was in California and I was in death Valley, um, all I did was self-portraits and I'm like, that's the first time that I haven't really shot landscape images. I was like, wow, what is happening here? (laughs) But it was, but I mean, the conditions that I had when I was in Death Valley, it was cloudless every day and not that that matters, but 
for you know if you're looking for the big grand landscape scene usually having those bluebird days is not welcome as much as if it was really cloudy so I really took that time I was actually with Josh and we took that time to focus on these self-portraits and he started doing self-portraits nice yes (laughs) yeah I mean I mean at the end of the day it's like an added layer of creativity right yeah and they're hard like they really make you think they do it, it's because it's it is a blend of a portrait in with the landscape. So you, you've you've got to think about a few things like posing and where, where the light is. Yeah, the light where you are in the frame. But for me, the biggest it it honestly has to do with the dresses. Just because I don't know if you know of this photographer. She's in Calgary. Her name's Irene Rudnick. Rudnick. I don't know if I'm saying that right. She's a portrait photographer, and her portraits are very feminine. Like the it, she photographs all women and. The dresses that she uses are really feminine, and I I love that. I love like feminine frilly dresses, and I just want to incorporate that in my landscape work. Mm-hmm. And then and then that's what I started doing, and so far it's just it's taken off. The yellow dress, especially. Yeah, I noticed you, yeah. you have a lot in the yellow dress. <laughs> um, if well, yeah, yeah, again, if if it's because I'm a female in the landscape scene, I don't know. I I haven't yet encountered this until we started talking about it <laughs> well hopefully um, maybe i'm just a, uh no, in the minority it is no because i i know what you're talking about when like i keep seeing it in my mind right now leggings and a granola bar on a mountain <laughs> and I right. think, yeah and i think we all know what we're talking about but i do i don't consider myself one of those women because i do i consider myself a, a photographer yeah. Not not an influencer that say there was a man, some boyfriend behind that camera taking that picture for her to post and and make money off of it, right? Right. I you got your uh, yoga leggings and yeah, that's and you're not doing me. a yoga pose in an iconic location. Yes, I can't even. I'm not flexible, so this, that's just not happening. I fall off. <laughs> I fall off the that's but I'm so far the self portraits just for me though, and I think maybe this could be where you where people might respond to the passion because it's I love doing it so I I I absolutely love doing those self-portraits and I think it shows and it shows to the audience and remember I truly believe people respond to passion yeah I think that's right and um I think people can see through it when it's not yes definitely well I hope that I hope that to everybody listening and you've seen my self-portraits, I hope you you like them and you think that there's something artistic behind them. No, I mean, I, I know I personally, I do. I don't yes. see you holding a granola bar. So No, no, no. You're good. I have I have done some with um like a bag, but that's working for a brand. Sure. Yes. Sure. Well, so winding down, I'm curious, who would you recommend for us to have here on the podcast? Well, since we talked about him, Josh. Yeah, you, I've had Josh on a couple times, actually. Oh, you did already have him on. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Oh, dang it, he was my get. He was my choice. He was my top choice. You should have him on again because and get him to do his accents. Dude, like, he's he, such a good storyteller. No, and he could just like oh, he could. He's so entertaining. Okay, well, he was one of them. Um, a female, a female landscape photographer from the Canadian Rockies. Her name is Danny. LaFrancois. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. Yeah, Danny. Danny is awesome. She's been on the podcast as well. What? Maybe I didn't look through your <laughs> very thoroughly. How long is it? No, there's, more. there's way more. You haven't done Jennifer Renwick, have you? I have twice. Oh, I'm just losing here, aren't I? 
Oh no, I did. Actually, look. Jennifer is a really good friend of mine. Yeah. Oh, I, I met her in Death Valley. She's so sweet. She's awesome. I think, I think she's amazing. I love. That's what I was talking about. Like, I just love looking at some of those abstract images. It's hers. I love yeah. looking at. Her. They're so well, good. They're- her work with the uh, the dolphins and the black and white stuff she did is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember seeing Yeah, they would. It, it's good. I always find that – I'm going way off topic. I always find that um, the abstract images, they they make really good prints. Like yeah. like huge, massive print in like a massive room. That, right. That so good. So I always often wonder if people who are shooting like that, is that like a market that they're targeting is prints? Because I don't shoot any of that stuff. So it's totally foreign to me. Right. I personally don't think that's their primary motive. Um, but I could be totally wrong, too. <laughs> okay. okay well, who else? Wait, Victoria Hack. Yes. You actually, yeah, I have not. But she's actually going to join us uh, here soon to do our uh, women panel. Ooh, so, nice. okay. yeah. So she, yeah, she's definitely a good, uh, would be a good one. Great. Now I, I swear I looked through all the I like scroll through and I was like, Oh, I don't see their name. I can recommend them. Maybe you should have like a list that you should send us be like, all these people have been done. <laughs> okay. Dad, I wanted to really uh, promote uh, women, like, like women photographers to be on here. Yeah. Who was like, the, who was the one that you talked about earlier with the portraits? Oh, Irene, Irene Rudnick, Rudnick. I just, I can okay. spell, I don't know saying it right but i can spell it it's r-u-d-n-y-k she's a okay. portrait professor in calgary so pretty Sweet. close to oh and okay no another one i wanted to recommend his name i just again i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name last name properly nick Fitzharding. he is a landscape photographer in the rockies and he um he's like a, he's a backcountry tour guide as well for a photo tour he has amazing mountain knowledge like it is a, it is unreal to listen to him awesome Yes. Well, there. Did I have three? Yeah, I have you're three. good. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Well, man, this has been really fun, Sarah. I really appreciate you coming on and just spilling spilling out your positivity and your passion and your enthusiasm. Uh, especially in this time, we just hope that everybody uh, that we all yeah. hang in. It's like photography is not going to die. We just have to remember that this was this virus that blindsided us. Right. Everybody, right. Everybody wants to work. Everybody wants to keep going. So. Just have optimism and it'll happen. I agree. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks to Sarah for joining me on the podcast. I highly recommend you check out her YouTube channel, which I have linked in the show notes. She's also got a great Instagram feed. So drop her a line and say hi. Remember, the magic is in the DMs. Well, thanks to all you cool cats and kittens for supporting the podcast over on Patreon. I hope you got that reference. I really appreciate you. You are really helping my wife and I stay afloat during the crisis. You are the best. Here is what's coming up on the show. First up, I recorded with one of our awesome Patreon supporters this week, John Whitaker. John teaches music at the University of Alabama, and we spent our time talking about the differences and similarities between music and photography. Uh, Here in about 11 minutes I'll be recording with Tony Torino. She is the founder of the Pacific Northwest Photo Summit. I was really hoping to connect with her at the Outsiders Photography Conference, but unfortunately that was delayed until next year, so I'm looking forward to meeting her there. I'm also recording an awesome panel this week with a group of all women photographers, which is a timely episode as it relates to the topics that we discussed this week on the podcast. 
And lastly, I will be recording with Brooks Jensen, the founder of Lenswork. Thanks to my friend Jack Curran for helping set that up. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.